News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk, this chilly fall morning. I guess we're going to be in for uh, this week a little bit of the minus 8 to 10s to 11s, so across Saskatchewan, so... That's not too bad yet. We should watch, uh, you know, if, if it gets down a little bit, anything below minus 15, then we got to worry about covering up our, ex- putting a little bit of extra mulch on some of our perennials that we, uh, that we cherish so much. So today is a special time today. I brought uh, a co-host with me, my daughter, Jill Van Davendijk. Good morning. Good morning, Jill. And so we're going to be... Jill's my expert in in a lot of all the plant departments in at Dutch Growers, and so um, uh, she'll she'll be able to join us today to ask a lot of questions, especially if you got specific questions about house plants and 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 uh, those kind of things. Uh, Jill annuals, bulbs, annuals, bulbs, all of those fun things. Ones, fun things. So I want you to join us today. Uh, you can give me a call or you can text on one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. That's one eight seven seven three three two eight two and that's on the phone line or on the text. So join us there. Ask us any question you want, whether it be about house plants, your shrubs, your pruning, covering plants, whatever it is, um, we can help you out uh, in, in that department today. So, Jill, you wanted to talk today a little bit about uh, what people are doing, especially with the bulbs right now. Yeah, so maybe you have planted some canna lilies in your in your pots, um, and so now is the time when you should be lifting those out of your pots if you haven't done so, so the leaves have all died back and they probably look like floppy pieces of mess. And so you can dig those out, and you can do one of two things. You can um, uh, dust the dirt off and store them in newspaper and put them in cold storage, or you can put them in a pot and dig them into the ground and bury them. Um, I usually suggest putting a piece of burlap or something over top, and then you can lift them the next year. Um, you can do the same thing with any of your glads, your um, dahlias, any of those bulbs that need to be um, lifted that are not hardy here, your ranunculus, those types of yeah, things. Begonias. Begonias. Yeah. Um, so now is the time. You're, you're running out of time because pretty soon, like with those minus 8 temperatures that are coming, it's going to freeze right through that pot, and that, those bulbs are going to be well, done. My, so. my water bottle this morning in my truck was frozen. Oh, Okay. So it's so time. It's time. <laughs> so it's definitely time to make sure that you uh, get those bulbs out of the ground. So yeah. So that's definitely what you want to be doing with your bulbs. I know for myself, um, it, if you have any uh, tomatoes or anything like that that are is in your yard, I mean in your garage. I know I've got like wax of tomatoes in bins still in my garage so it's some of them checking through them weekly and making sure you grab the right ones and you're actually using them is really important making some spaghetti sauce and putting in the freezer or whatever you need to do to to sort of keep an eye on those um those vegetables okay now also those bulbs getting back to the bulbs how how can they once they left them out where how do they store them um, how you store them, so I dust the dirt off of them, and then there's bulb dust that you can put on them, and that's just a fungicide that will keep them dry and keep funguses from growing on them. Then I would wrap them in newspaper. It's important not to put a plastic or anything like that because that will store humidity. Um, so wrap them in newspaper, or you can use sawdust or a little bit a little bit of peat, but make sure the peat is dry if you do. And then you can store them in a, a bin that has like maybe a wooden crate box or something like that down in a cold storage area. Perfect. And now, uh, people, what happens if they have uh, their, they bought tulips? You know, they mm-hmm. saw them on the at the store, the beautiful packaging and everything else. They had good had good intentions. Yes. But now they um, they still sitting sitting sit them. They're sitting in part of the garage that they figured, oh, okay, I didn't get those planted. Now what can they do? Well, it's still not too late to plant your tulips. So you can definitely get out into your yard, dig a hole, and plant them. You're wanting to plant tulips about seven inches deep. So you don't really have to go that far. 
down to get those planted. So it's not too late if you haven't done it now. But if you forget, we do this all the time for Gardenscape, actually. Yep. And uh, it's called Forcing Your Indoor Bulbs. And there's some great articles on our website if you wanted to check that out. Um, but we also have... Uh, have uh, you can take them and you can actually plant them up and then put them into cold storage. So that would be like a consistent temperature that's almost fridge-like and put them into cold storage and they need to be in there for at least eight to ten weeks. Um, but they can stay in there right up to the point that you're wanting to, to them to grow again. Take them out, start watering them, and then they'll start growing within about three to four weeks after that. There you go. Now we have a text here. Uh, we have Candace. Good morning. How should I take care of my Christmas Christmas cactus? How much light should I give it? Um, Christmas cactuses, zygo cactuses are just coming out into bloom um, in the greenhouses. So great question. Perfect timing. Um, I find that the Christmas cactuses, they, they have these cold spurts and that's what forces them to bloom. So giving them lots of light is really important. Now, if you want to extend the time when they actually are blooming, if you don't have them in a hot south window, the blooms will actually last a little bit longer on them. But to get them to bloom, they do need that hot, that nice bright light. So a south or a west facing exposure is best. Yeah, perfect. So what do they, how about, how about, uh, how much water, how much fertilizing? Well, they are a cactus, so they, they do require not very much water. So neglect is really important for your Christmas cactus, except for when they're blooming. When they're blooming, they require a little bit more moisture. So you'll want to stick your finger in the soil, but wait until they feel very dry to the touch or your moisture meter says dry. Um, so if it still says moist, leave them alone. Okay. So. Um, now also, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about, um, uh, talking about moisture. Okay. For how about your house plants now? People ask me, when do I water my house plant and how often, especially in the wintertime? Yeah. And uh, some people have their, had their house plants on their deck and they may be used to uh, going out and watering them every day. And I tell my staff this at work all the time. When you're doing your water checks, it doesn't mean that you're watering everything every time you check it. You're doing just that. You're checking your plants. So having yourself on a routine, maybe once a week going around your house and checking your plants. And what checking your plants means is going through with your moisture meter or your little finger. And I stick my finger in the soil up to my first knuckle. And then I, I go, feels, to my, I go to my second, your knuckle. second knuckle. So you're going nice and, nice and deep. Depends on the size of your pot. If yeah, your yeah. pot's only a four or six inch that's pot, true. you might not need to go that deep. That, that's true. But the bigger the pot, yes, that's yes. right. You yeah. will want to go a little bit deeper down yeah. with with your finger just to do that finger check. And uh, if the soil feels dry to the touch, then it's time to water. I find that most people kill their plants in the wintertime from over caring for them. They are used to taking care of their yards and having lots to do. And then they get their plants to their house and they're like, ah, I need to take care of something. And so they're overwatering their plants. So really watch that. A lot of your plants will talk to you um, in, as far as they will droop their leaves or the leaves will slightly curl up. I know um, a lot of the philodendrons will do this and a lot of your um, peace lilies or spas will do this. Uh, so just watching for them to maybe droop a little bit with their leaves before they before you water and then they can perk back up again. Okay, so a lot of people ask me about succulents mm -hmm. because the soil is mostly dry all the time, right? Yep. So when do you know when a succulent needs water? Well, Dad, remember, take your finger and push it on your nose or fill your <laughs> earlobe and um, that's the squishiness that you should feel in the leaf of your, um, of your succulent leaf before you're giving it some water. So if it feels nice and firm on that leaf, it has enough moisture in there so leave it alone a little bit longer um, sometimes my succulents are not getting much light in the winter time I'm watering them maybe once a month 
and I'm small amounts of water too. So make sure that when you're watering some of those plants, you're not maybe doing a full, full drench of those succulents because they're not going to dry out enough, especially if they're in a big pot. Is there any other 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 plants you can think of that needs special type of how about a sit like a lot of people have citrus let's say would that be the same thing as a house plant? A citrus exactly the same thing as house plant, but citrus are a little bit different in the fact that they drop their leaves in the winter. So a lot of people don't know that, and they'll have this beautiful citrus plant, and then they'll have also a piece of fruit on a bunch of sticks in the winter time. Um, so they will drop their leaves in the winter, and that's completely normal. You're not doing anything wrong, but just consistent watering is key. Um, the other one that is for water is. Um, is misting your plants. We don't have a lot of humidity in our houses in the winter time. Especially in the winter time, yeah. Yeah, so like ferns especially, you need to be misting more often or putting a pebble tray nearby, which is just a tray of water with pebbles in it so that it allows the water to evaporate around the plants. Grouping your plants together also helps with this. But when you're misting your plants, it's also really important that you only mist them enough so that the water that you're misting on them can evaporate between 30 seconds and a minute. If oh, you, so that's just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. If you're if you're spraying anymore, those water droplets are going to sit on the leaves of your plants and then you'll start getting fungus on there. Yeah. So when you're misting, it's not like you're soaking the leaves of the plants. You're not washing them. You're simply doing that. You're just misting. Okay, we have a caller in the line, so we'll get back to them right after the break. We're coming up right now, so I'd like to thank you for joining us here. Uh, I'm Rick Van Dyvendijk and Jill Van Dyvendijk. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Good morning and welcome this uh, cool, crisp Sunday morning. You're listening to Garden Talk here on 650 CQM and 980 CGME. Uh, I'd like you to uh, join us here at one 332 8255 That's on the phone or the text at one 332 8255 We have Gordon here from Saskatoon. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning. I have uh, half a dozen... Uh, perennial May night salvia. That's a beautiful one. And they are have just finished their third season. They're about uh, twelve to fifteen inches tall, and they're getting kind of woody. Do I trim them back at all, or if I do, when? Yeah, now is a perfect time. If you want to, you can trim them back now or else in the spring. Um, salvia is great because they're myself, actually... Myself, I like pruning them in the spring Yeah, because then they catch some more snow around them, right? So that's one reason I like leaving them up to spring. Yeah, so especially if they're in an area where you don't have a lot of snow, I would probably leave them up now, but you can cut those right back to the ground level. They're a perennial, so they're going to come back from the bottom every year. So that woodiness okay. is coming back because you've left the old growth on there and the woodiness is just there from the previous year. But uh, the actual plant is growing from the base every year so cut it right back to the ground level every year and you can either do that in the fall or the spring and that one especially because the deer aren't going to eat that one down for you because it's a deer resistant plant sorry it's a deer resistant plant usually in perennials um the deer will come and chew them up in the in the winter time so well i i don't have to worry about deer but anyway (laughs) um and the other thing is they are in uh brown rubber mulch with um landscape cloth underneath so so that'll give them a little extra protection especially right now when we're getting like minus 10s and 11s that gives them a little extra protection Mm -hmm. until the snow comes cool okay thank you very much perfect thanks for calling bye and on the text line we have here um uh we have uh i have we have apple trees and grapes and got them last year and some this year should i mulch them and how deep 
Um, the apple trees and grapes, you don't really need to mulch them. Uh, the only time I'd even mulch a grape, even apples, I wouldn't even mulch at all. I wouldn't have to worry about that. The only time I'd mulch um, a grape is if we started getting below minus 15 and with no snow cover. But even then, the grapes are pretty tough here, the ones that you, you, you bought that are, that are hardy for Saskatchewan. And the other thing with the apple trees or any trees is the little rodents like to chew at the stems of the trees and the base of the yeah. trees. So making sure you put the tree wrap around the yeah. bottom of the stem yeah. is important. Tree wrap or tree guard, yeah, yeah. For, for the rabbits and the, and the, and the deer and everything else because they eat a ring around the trunk of the... And that's why I don't like putting mulch too close to the apple tree right up against the trunk because that's a place where the rodents can go right up and just chew on, and you got to chew on the bark. And you got to remember, uh, when they when you do have apple trees, you, mean, you know how sweet the apple tastes, right? Well, the bark tastes the same way, right? So that's dessert. So maybe basically. explain, what is a tree guard and how do they put it on and how far up on okay, the tree? There's, there's tree guards. You want to basically go from the base of the tree up to the to the... Basically, as high as the snow, so up to the first set of branches, okay. basically. And there's a couple different types. One's that's, that's more like a, it's a, a corrugated, and you just you just pry it open, and you just stick it around. And the other one's a spiral, so you just spiral it around, and uh, you just put them on from this time of the year until you take it off at the beginning of uh, the very very first week of May or the last week of April. You don't want to leave it on there all year round, so you just put it on in the fall, and you take it off in the spring. So that's why you see all the parks have yep. those cages around their trees. Okay. So anyways, uh, another one I have here, uh, uh, I have Janet from Mategart. Uh the third season of boxwood shrubs. Oh, good job. We have been covering with leaves and putting open boxes around them. My question is, should we wait until the snow, until the snow before covering it or leave the boxes or leave the box cinches up from the ground for the snow to blow in underneath for insulation, like you just suggested when covering cedars and burlap. You know, if you put those boxes in, bur- the, the, the box would you have to mulch and cover up every year. They're almost like a tea rose in Yeah, that they, case. they just won't survive our winters without it. So, yeah, no, you won't, if you're going to put the, bo- the open boxes, put it right over top of them and fill the boxes with leaves, then you don't have to worry about leaving it up for the snow because you have a good insulation value. Uh, with those leaves, so that that's not a problem there. So, um, um, but you just definitely need to keep covering them up every year, no matter how long you have those for, because if you don't, that that next uh, the next spring they'll be a nice brown color, and you won't get them green again. So, but good yeah. job for keeping boxwood in Saskatchewan. Good job, yeah, yeah. There, there's you have to do some special care with them, and good definitely job. Definitely a gardener's challenge. <laughs> definitely. So here's Judy from Saskatoon. I recently bought a lime plant, and we had one branch uh, have a growth spurt, but the leaves were very light lime green, and we see spider mites. How do we get rid of mites, and how do we care for this plant? Okay, so it's really important that you're giving those maximum light. So they need a south or a west-facing window, and if you want them to continue to have leaves in the wintertime, you need to supplement the the light as well. Um, Humidity is really important, so having that pebble tray nearby or um, and having some humidity come up around them, remember the natural environment that these will grow in. Now, spider mite, you'll usually see um, come on a plant if it's coming from outdoors, and this time you'll see lots of spider mite on your plants. There's spider mite everywhere outdoors, like it's on a lot of your cedars, it's on everything. So checking your plants, and I suggest checking your plants about every 10 days for bugs. Um, 
you can grab a product called Endol, and that's a really good product. It's got canola oil in it, and it's also got pyrethrin in it. Now, with spider mites, they're usually on the underside of the leaves, so it's important when you're spraying your plant, you spray it till dripping, but you also are sort of spraying up at the leaves, too, so you get the underside of the leaves. So the best thing to do is take it into the shower or bathtub or something yeah. like that, because it has canola oil, right? So yeah. you don't want to use canola oil. Get it on your rug. rug and, or curtains or whatever. Yeah, so yep. take it into your bathtub or shower and give it a good spray. And then let it drip dry there for a little bit, put it back into its location, and then wait 10 days and then repeat that again in 10 days. Um, it's really important to fertilize your, your plants to keep them nice and healthy. And so there is a citrus fertilizer that you can use, um, and uh, you can pick that up and giving your plants adequate fertilizer. In the winter season, your plant is not actively growing, so you're not needing to fertilize as much. So maybe fertilize that maybe once a month in the winter season, and then that's it. And then come um, end of February, March, you can start fertilizing weekly again. Now, what's special about a citrus fertilizer? You usually have a higher... Um, higher sulfur content sulfur so it's, content. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, it's more acid loving so it's more acid loving and uh, it will just help provide a little bit more nutrients perfect so uh, I planted a, 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 I planted a grafted hydrangea in the beginning of August I didn't do anything about it for the winter time Trish uh, from Saskatoon um, that's one of those up uh, basically I call it uh, a grafted on the top a tree top a tree top topiary yeah. or top grafted uh, lilac and so sometimes they're they're grafted or they're three feet off the ground or sometimes they're not even grafted. They're just growing up and then up into a tree form. And so um, with this one here, the only thing I suggest you do with those ones, if, if you don't have a spot where you don't have good snow cover, then put some leaves around the base or put uh, some mulch or peat moss or something around the base of the plant. Um, sometimes it, you get a, when it's up on a stick like that, the snow just blows right by it and doesn't cover it. And, or the, or you might have it up against the house where the snow melts away from the plant. And that's with any hydrangea where the sm- snow, you know, you get in the middle of summer, uh, in the middle of winter time, you know, we'll get a schnook come through and it might go up to, you know, whatever zero plus t- uh, minus two or minus five, but it could be zero or plus up to plus 10 against the house. And that melts the snow away from the house. And then it makes the plant vulnerable because at nighttime, when it goes back down to minus 30 or 40. Mm-hmm. And so then you want to make sure they're covered up, even cover up, keep them covered with snow or make sure you put some mulch around them. So what you're saying with that one is the graft at the top doesn't necessarily no, it'll, need to be it'll covered. Be fine. It'll, it'll be, be fine. fine. And a lot of people will pick those plants up and put them into containers um, because they're absolutely stunning and beautiful and give that really European look. Uh, It's really important that if you've planted any of those cedars or hydrangeas or anything like that in your pots, they are not going to survive the winter in your pot here in Saskatchewan. So you dig that out of the pot and put it into the ground and mulch it heavily for the winter. It's very important. Just put it in a shrub bed or in, in, you know, if you have mulch in there, just pull the mulch back, dig a hole, put the plant in there, throw the mulch back over top, give it some water. And then you can dig it back up again in the spring and put it back in the pot, right? But yeah, definitely. If you have these plants that you want to keep that are in, they'll be still okay, okay? Yeah. Because they haven't froze that much yet. Um, so you can take them out of the pot and definitely put them into the ground. Any of those plants you want to keep because they will, none of those plants will survive in that pot. And the other question I get a lot right now is, okay, well, I'm taking that plant out of the pot and putting it in the ground. Should I fertilize it right now? And the answer to that is no, do not fertilize right now. Your plant needs to go dormant. So don't fertilize right now. Okay, well, we're going to get back to some more questions and more your calls and some more texts. So we're going to go to the news right now. So thank you for joining us. I'm, you're listening to Rick and Jill Van Dabendijk on Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Good morning. You're listening to Garden Talk. You're, thanks for joining us. Uh, you're joining uh, Jill Van Dabendijk and Rick Van Dabendijk. 
with Garden Talk this morning. Uh, so we ask you to join with all your questions or texts on, give us a call at one 332 8255 That's one 332 8255 And we might as well go right to Sharon from, uh, Sharon from Neville. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Yeah, we had a bit of a temperature drop down here too. Like, uh, it was down to minus 10. Yeah, minus 10. Yeah, we're starting to get to that point where uh, yeah. if you haven't finished some things outside, you better get them done soon. Oh, so your question sure. your question, yeah. you have for us. Yeah, the question I have is, uh, uh, every year when I plant the garden, I plant onions. And so many of my onions, I mean, they, they were um, grown, they were dried properly, and then they were brought in uh, in good time. And so many of them... Uh, I mean, they, they looked gorgeous when I brought them all in. They looked fine, but so many of them have uh, been rotting, and I was wondering, what are some of the reasons for that to happen? Well, when they're rotting, and make sure that they, I think you've done all the right things so far, because you said you dried them. So make sure that you don't, you know, leave any dirt on them or anything like that when you're when you're bringing them in, so you're not storing them with that. Uh, just yes. making sure that your 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 temperature that you want to put them in a sort of a a cool, dry, dark spot. Uh, that's yes. sort of important too, if you can do that, uh, because if if it ends up being any kind of humidity, um, one thing if you put them in a bag or something, they put them right on the let's say a concrete floor, uh, you will get all kinds of little spots where you'll get uh, where you get fungals will start to grow, and so oh, just yes. make sure you keep them up off the floor. It's the best thing, but a cool, dark place, and and that's kind of tough. A lot of houses nowadays don't have a cool, dark, dark place. They we don't have cold storage rooms in our house. We might have a you know a basement room because we can't put them in the furnace room because the furnace rooms are too warm, right? Yes, um, yes. So a lot of times there might be a bedroom in the basement that that you can you can close because if you, no one's using it anyways, or a room that you can close the vents off and make sure that you know you don't get no heat in there and keep it just a little bit cooler. Um, so that'd be the um, thing to do there. Uh, but other than that, it sounds like you've been doing all the right things. Um, huh. Usually, it's it's something that they brought in from the, from if it's a fungal, it's brought in from the from the soil out in the garden. And so, and I don't really want to if I'm going to be using those things. I don't want to be dusting them with a fungicide or any of that. So you don't want to do that uh, because you're going to be eating these things. So uh, whereabouts you've been storing them? Um, actually, we've got an added-on room. It's um, uh, it's part of the house, and I put them in those, uh, you know, those little onion bags that you can buy when you buy onions in the store that have the holes, yep. those little orange things. Yep. I, I put them in there, and then after, um, from there, I thought to myself, like, it's a little bit hard to see through to see how they're doing. So I took them out of there and put them in into a cardboard box. And in the same location, and it's uh, up off the floor. Um, but anyway, I, I, I'm just thinking that is it possible that some fungus in the soil uh, caused this? Yeah, that's where it would have came in from the soil. So uh, because, because I, th- I think that's. I believe that's what has happened, Rick. Yep. So just make sure that when you when you dry them, that you take your yes. hands and just rub off all oh, the soil all that, that you can. Soil off, right? That's, okay. That's important. Um, Sure. And uh, for tomatoes, is it just natural to lose a couple that way, a few that way? Absolutely. Yep, absolutely, because yep. you'll bring some also some fungals from outside. And uh, yep. if you can, uh, the best way to do it, if you can store them, try not to have them touching each other. Okay? For sure. If they're for touching sure. each other, that's when they'll just spread it right through your whole box oh. or whatever you have. For sure. Okay? Okay, Good. thank you. Have a great so day. Kindly.
Okay, we're going to go, Jill, to some text line here. Um, well, I have, um, I fall fertilize my lawn in mid-September. Should I do it again now or leave it? No, definitely just leave it, uh, Brad and Dundurn. Uh, if you didn't, if you fertilize in, in mid-September, now you can just leave it, and that fertilizer will just make your lawn look really good in the spring. So you definitely don't need to do that anymore. Uh, another question here, uh, Rick, I took your advice on spreading alfalfa pellets in my lawn early in the week, and with the rain, it dissolved very well. So good job. That's Darcy and, uh-oh, Booyah? I think that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> Another thing with alfalfa pellets is they're a really nice, easy, natural um, fertilizer to use on the top dress of your house plants in the wintertime so that they'll just, like especially your fiddly figs yeah. and things like that, you're not supposed to be fertilizing a lot in the winter, but just putting a little bit of top dress and then every time you water, they get a little bit of nutrients and it works great for the winter. And one thing about alfalfa pellets, they don't have a high nitrogen content, right? But they have all the micronutrients that keep your plant healthy. So they help you help the plant protect against any fungals or diseases because it brings up their immunity by having all the zinc and boron and magnesium, all the different micronutrients that that you get. It's like for us taking a one a day, basically. Yeah, I know a lot of people come into the garden center and they wonder what these little pellets are on top of our big tropicals. And we actually top dress our tropicals in the greenhouse with alfalfa pellets. There you go. Um, what do you suggest uh, for a plant? Uh, what do you suggest for a plant medium for succulents? Uh, many people online recommend mixtures with little or no potting soil. Uh, mine are in potted soil perlite mix. Yeah, so adding um, perlite to your to your soil or adding a little bit of sand to your soil is really important. Um, you can use a cactus mix. ProMix makes a really good cactus mix that just has a good um, quantity of mix. But if you want to use just your regular potting mix like your ProMix or your HP mix, I would suggest adding about a third more perlite and a little bit of sand to your to your soil and what you're looking to do is just provide more drainage a lot of potting mixes they have wetting agents so they're going to dry evenly from top to bottom it's when you get into a really large pot um, there's a lot of peat in that soil and it's going to hold lots of moisture so you're just having to more watch your how much you're watering so yeah that that that's, is a question we get all the time here is about how, how to take care of succulents because they are yeah. different than other plants right We actually just did a YouTube segment on it on, at Dutch Growers and uh on how to mix your different soils and there's different ways you can mix the different soils for um African violets and for cactus and succulents and then for your regular tropicals so there's so many different ways you can do it there's not one right or wrong way but what you're looking for with succulents is getting good drainage Okay, so uh, if you want to join us here at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five, they've got a line open here for you. Uh, should grapevines be trimmed back each year? When and how much? Grapevines, uh, they definitely should be trimmed back. It, grapes mainly produce on new growth. Okay, so like I was a few weeks ago, I was in Kelowna and we went and I went and visited a lot of the uh, the wineries and that, and they haven't trimmed them all yet. They just left all the branches on yet. But if you go there, let's say in March. They go through and they do all the pruning in all the in the vineyards, and so you'll see that stump. It's usually about three feet tall, and that's the old stump, and it's you know a lot of them are like six inches diameter, a lot of them, you know, and so that's the old grapevine. But all the tops they trim off. So the same thing you can do with here is that I don't like trimming grapes right to the ground. Because if you leave a, a stalk up, you know, then that has more places where the, the vines can grow out of this. Whereas if you trim it right down to the ground every year, it just has to start all over again. And so uh, so just leaving a stalk, just like the vineyards do. And it uh, probably depends on your use for your grapes, too. Like if you're yeah. wanting to grow your grapes for more of the fruit, then you'll want to trim them differently than if maybe you're wanting to um, grow a grape as like maybe a screen or a, a privacy. A privacy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. We grapes are a great privacy uh, screen to grow on a fence or a chain link fence or whatever because they're such big leaves and they're so full you just can't see through it. So it works really well for that. So, um, so Joe, we wanted to also talk about. Um, now that we talked about people bringing their plants in all, all the time, and you said they have different types of bugs, what kind of bugs? You said you should be checking about every 10 days yes. for your bugs, that's what you said. What are, how, what are they gonna, how are they going to watch for different bugs? Like, say, how do they look for a spider mite? How do they look for a mealy bug? How do they look for aphids? Well, first of all, it's important to know that if you have plants, you are going to have bugs no matter what. And I, whenever I train my staff, I train my customers. Um, there's no such thing as a pest-free greenhouse. There's no such thing as a pest-free bug. We, we do is we keep the bugs at bay so they're not harming the plants. And that's an important thing to get into your head that um, when you're buying plants, uh, you are not buying a pest-free plant ever. And so what you're doing is you're teaching yourself how to look for these things and keep them at a level that is manageable where you're not seeing damage on your plant. Yeah, most plants can handle bugs. I yeah. mean, out in nature, they can handle bugs, but they can't a, a lot of bugs. That's the and problem. indoors, especially, we don't have those natural elements. There, there's not a million plants for them to go to. So when you do get a bug on and your we plant... Don't have, we don't have birds there to help keep the, you know, exactly. equal, the so ecosystem. Exactly. So it's our job as plant parents now... <laughs> <laughs> to sort of watch and for the sniffles, um, that per se, like what we do with our children is to watch for the sniffles and signs of, uh, of bugs in our home. And so usually what you'll see is maybe your plant is looking a little bit dusty or not looking as sharp or you'll see, um, see different things on your plants and, and, uh, you just have to check them every 10 days and then you can use products like Endol and we can get into this some more because this is like a big topic. Okay. So we're going to keep that. We're going to go on to the next segment. We're going to talk about that. So you're listening to Garden Talk. You're listening to Rick and, and Jill Van Dominic on Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Uh, welcome to Garden Talk. It's Sunday morning. Uh, I'd like you to join us here at one 332 8255 That's a call or on the text line, the same number, one 332 8255 Well, we have a couple of texts here we need to take care of. Uh, good morning. Um, I was wondering if we could still plant grass seed this fall or should we wait until spring? Uh, no, actually, if fall is a great time to plant. So if you can, you can plant the grass seed, uh, this fall and make sure you get it raked in because as long as the ground is not frozen, so you might not be able to do it first thing in the morning because the ground is a bit frozen. Fix up those dog spots. But yeah, or, or if you've got a new lawn to seed, yeah, you can rake it in. Just get it, just get it underneath the soil a little bit and it'll come up first thing in the spring with all the moisture. Uh, on my acreage, I have, I'm going to wait till spring just because I'm really windy where we are. So new acreage with no tree, much trees around. So I don't want my seed to blow away. But if you're in a yard where you've got a fence around it, that kind of stuff, absolutely fall is a perfect time. Or if you're going to hydro seed where you put that mulch, hydro mulch in with it, uh, you see it around with the, on the ditches and that where they spray with a green, basically a mulch uh, with it, then that holds it down. It does really good too. So definitely you can plant your grass seed right now, uh, or you can wait till spring, either one. Uh, what needs to be done for strawberries to plant in the winter to winterize them? Uh, Wade from Pilot Butte. So you can trim your strawberries back if you want to, and you can also just mulch them for the winter time. So just putting some um, bark or some peat moss or straw, um, straw works really well. Yep. Um, and just putting that around your strawberry plants. The only thing I have to worry about straw. Straw. A lot of people use straw, but if you have a, if you know have an area where you bring lots of mice around, that's true. That's the only thing about bring a straw around. It will attract mice and those kind of mm-hmm. things. So, but a lot of, a lot of the commercial guys, they, they use a lot of use straw because it's it's easy to use and it's, uh, they, it's more available, right, than covering anything, anything else. So, 
Um, but otherwise, that works good. So we're going to go to the, we're going to go to Paul here in Saskatoon. Good morning, Paul. Uh, good morning, guys. Hey, morning, Jill. Thanks good for morning. joining us. Um, is it time to um, mulch? Yeah. The, the plants like the raspberries and and your other tr- and bushes and stuff like that. Any trees now on, from now on now that we've had these kind of te- freezing temperatures, uh, if you got any plants that are tender like your tea roses and any other type of plants that you're kind of worried about that that might not be quite as hardy, now is the time to mulch them absolutely. Oh, okay. So get them get them mulched in, uh, yeah, because you don't want to go below minus 15 for some of those tender plants, okay? And the snow is going to come, and then we're going to miss our opportunity. Yeah. Now, if the snow comes, then you don't have to worry about it. If we get a sure. good, heavy snowfall, like last year in November, we had a really heavy snowfall early, and it stayed. Yep. Then you don't have to worry about it. But I worry about if we started getting to around minus 15 with no snow, and we've gone sometimes to Christmas with no snow, right? And yep. that's where you have to really protect, and now is the time to do that if you're going to do that uh, Minus 10 is okay, but watch the long-term temperature. If you're going to go below minus 15, then get it covered. Okay, perfect. Thanks so much for your time. You're welcome. So, Jill, you were finishing off about what she wanted to talk about with the with the house plants and bugs. bugs. Yes. So, um, what things signs to look for on your plants? So, you're looking for a dullness in your plant. You'll look for um, just different holes on your leaves. Um, You'll look for stickiness around your plants. So, that's usually a sign that you have bugs. And uh, most popular bugs are mealybug, which is almost like a white cottony bug that yep. you'll see. Uh, you'll see scale, which look like scabs on the stems or the underside of the leaves. Or you'll see aphids, which is usually black or green, and they're usually on the new growth of your plants or on the flowers or buds. Or you'll see spider mite, which does not look like a house spider. So if you see big spiders on your plants, you don't have spider mite. Those are actually good to Those have. Those are actually good to have. They'll <laughs> catch the fruit flies yes. in your house. Um, and uh, you'll see spider mites usually on the underside of your leaves, and you'll usually see a little bit of like the green coming out of your plants, your plants looking dull. And then if you flip the plant over, you'll see almost like little little bugs on the bottom side. A little fine webbing. Yeah. Right in the right in the leaf itself. Like and it's, right tight. It's so, such fine webbing it almost just looks like yep. if you have a mag- if you have a magnifying glass, that's the best way to look at it. Exactly. Right? All of these bugs can be combated with um with end all or yep. insecticidal soap. And so just doing that spray, like we said before in the show, taking them into the, your, your bathtub and giving them a good spray down um, is perfect. If we have a warm day, take them outside and do that outside and then bring them in. And then you're checking them every 10 days. So that's really important. And then fungus gnats are another one um, that we see all the time, like those little fruit flies. So they're flying around using the, the um, adult traps, like the sticky sticks or else the apples work great. And then cutting an apple or potato up at night, putting it on the soil and then catching those larvae by them going to the surface and removing that top half inch of soil. Yeah, there's also uh, pot poppers you can put on too. Yes. Pot poppers is actually a nematode. Nematodes. It's another little insect you can put on top and then they go after and seek and destroy. Yes, so kill bugs a, with bugs. Bugs, kill bugs with bugs. Uh, how many days, uh, how many, how many day days to a poinsettia need and how many and and to be in the dark for 12 hours how many days does it have to be for 12 hours dark before you get them to grow again well it's usually about an eight week process yeah. at least and you're looking at 16 hours of darkness is what you want and it has to be complete darkness so um, you want to make sure that you have a box around them or put them in a closet so that somebody's not even turning the light on because it has to be 16 hours of complete darkness to get them to start changing Okay, so that's important. So you really need to start that in September. Like yes. we're ready at the end of October, so you're a bit behind to get them ready for Christmas You time, might get so. a bit of color, yeah. but they'll be might be have a green point okay. set up. I, I seem to got a lot of mold in the top of my soil on my houseplants. Um, am I overwatering or something else going on, Margaret? 
Uh, yes, most likely there is overwatering happening there. Now, what you can do is you can put a little fan in the room too to increase your airflow as well. But remove that top half inch of soil um, and and maybe even take a pencil and poke it into the soil, allow some air to get into that soil so that it's drying out a little bit and then use that finger test to make sure that you're allowing the soil to dry out a little bit between waterings. Okay, so also about mealybugs on succulents, Catherine. In Saskatoon. Very, very common problem. So what you can do is take a Q-tip with rubbing alcohol and you can rub them off that way. Um, but mealybug also will get into the roots as well with your succulents too. Um, so you can take the succulents and repotting them is really important too. So take them right out of the soil and transplant them to some good soil and then do an endal drench on them too. So that works really, really good. Okay, really quick. 10 seconds. How do, what, how do I get my pots ready to put uh, my next season in? Live okay. greens are coming, so um, you want to take your um, pumpkins and everything like that out of your pots and maybe stick some big twigs in there before it starts to freeze so that you're getting ready to put your live or Christmas greens in. Or dig in. a hole in it. You put an ice cream pail yes. or something like that in too. Now it's can... time to get some of that soil out of your pots so that you can put those live greens in. So remember that. Don't wait until the, the soil freezes. Get them ready for the live greens. Okay, this has been fun, so join us next week. Thanks, Jill, for coming in. Thanks for having me. I'm Rick and Jill Van Davidek, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME.